Hey, didn't see you there. Mostly because I'm talking to you through audio and I can't actually see who you are at all. But if you're listening to my voice right now, my slightly sick voice, that means you found your way to my piece. Hit the road, Jake. And let me tell you, I'm very happy that you have. So I'm, this is going to kind of work almost as a director's commentary where I'm just going to give a little bit more insight into what my life was like as I can't fit it all into this piece just in writing because no one wants to read a billion words no matter how cool I may think I am. I know that no one else will keep reading that long. So I'm hopefully just going to add some more context to certain things. And I hope you can learn a lot about more about my life. So while you read this piece, I'll just be here to explain some of the more more confusing details or just adding some stuff to really make the story a bit richer than I could just through words alone. So sit back, relax, maybe even crack open a cold one and enjoy reading all about me. So moving around as much as a kid as I did, I learned a lot of important lessons. But that window seat one, oh, you need to just let me tell you, like the window seat, it's so good. Just the breeze, if you got it open, if you don't like just being able to look out. It reduces all any nausea, and I know for some people it's not really a huge problem for me, although occasionally on the bad days, you know, feel, you're not feeling great in the car, and it just kind of compounds everything, and you just feel miserable. So that window seat, just staring out the window, looking at the trees on the Appalachian, Ma Appalachian Mountains, absolutely beautiful. The lakes on the Trans-Canada Highway, all the great lakes, just almost like oceans in the middle of Canada, just beautiful. Really just take you where you want to be just calm you down just makes you feel real good just don't stick your head out the window though because like there have been people who've gotten their heads chopped off when the window closes on their head there's been people who've had it just squeezed too much and they suffocate just not not a good way to go don't leave your head on the side of the road no matter how beautiful it is you don't want to be a part of that beauty too and like those windows they're super important though because just how much i've moved that the windows I've like I've spent so much of my life looking out the windows of cars, trains, planes as I go to a new home, having to move in for, to a new neighborhood, new school. In my life, just in terms of cities alone, I'd move four separate times before I turned 16 years old because my dad's job as a head coach in the National Hockey League has really kept us on the road, not able to settle down. But most importantly, though, like we'll talk about it much more as we go along, but I wasn't a normal kid and there was a secret about my life that I didn't really know until I was much older and could really grasp it and understand it, but it's been affecting my life ever since the day I was born. So right now, here in Cary, North Carolina, it was really weird because like you think back on your life and you're wondering like, oh, where did I go? Like, where could I have gone? You know, like those kind of, what would have happened if X happened? Those what ifs, those what if moments. Like I, one of my biggest what, is it, what ifs is just like, what if I had just lived in North Carolina my whole life? Like I was all set up for it. I walked to school every day. I had the same path in my neighborhood quickly up a super steep staircase all the way to climb up to school rather than driving because it would have been a 20 minute drive even though it was like a 10 minute walk just because of the going around where there was this nice staircase and just I had like my love for dinosaurs. Good old Bill Nye was blessing me with the love of science and I would defend his good name against those meanies from the rest of the neighborhood who thought that Bill Nye was lame. They had already outgrown Bill Nye, but come on, you don't out, you don't outgrow Bill Nye. Like, let's be real here. But I wasn't like, in case you couldn't actually guess, like I was, an, I was a bit out there, but like even by like norm, like little kid standards, like I was not normal. It took me like a really long time to be able to make friends. A uh, big one there, like you can see the quote there on page two, my younger brother came home from his first day of school and he's just raving about all these friends he made and how they all were so excited they're waiting to come see him tomorrow and then when my mom asked me I was just said quickly like I don't know if I made any friends uh whenever people came over like I was just terrified I would just run away just get get 
out of there. And then like little things, like things that hmm, the best way to put this was I become I would become fixated on just anything, like or not anything though. I would become fixated on just strange things like rabbits. Like I just loved rabbits, like just books, going to the pet shop, rabbits, rabbits, rabbits. It was like all I would think about. Mom wants me to try and learn some math stuff. No, that's not a rabbit. Teacher wants me to do getting to work on some English stuff. Um, I'm sorry, is the word we're learning about rabbits? Because if not, I ain't interested. So just back off, teach. Like all that stuff. Like it just, it was just odd little things. And that actually, that whole rabbit thing really has evolved throughout my whole life. My parents actually, it's honestly, it's still continued to this day. My parents have been buying me stuffed rabbits every like kind of birthday and Christmas just as like a joke justification for like not buying a real one. It still stings a bit, not gonna lie, but I just got the Warren, the stuffed rabbit Warren. They're still with me. I'll talk more about them later on. But the biggest thing was I almost never talked. It's like, you know, like little kids, they can talk your ear off. They can just go on and on and on, even just a complete gibberish. But I would just not talk whatsoever. If I wanted some orange juice, I would bang my butt in the fridge until mom got the orange juice. Not gonna talk, not gonna like call for it. I would poke, prod, point, nod, shake, wave, no matter what. If there was a gesture I could do, I would make sure I did not speak a word. And the rare moments when I did talk, it was just really short, choppy, and it just sounded weird. Like, even for a young kid, it was just not right. So, like, my mom, she ended up getting me the help of a speech therapist, and one of her pieces of advice was you can see the milkshakes and bubblegum. Apparently, like, it helps with uh, expanding for young kids. It helps with, like, expanding the muscles or something with like expanding your throat or something like that where because you're chewing constantly with your jaw muscles developing you're drinking milkshakes it i don't know but i that's science i will trust that science every six ways to sunday i will trust that until the end of time and i will keep following that advice so that was the best speech therapist in the world but obviously the speech thing wasn't the only thing like i didn't talk it was weird i like it's honestly kind of the only word for it like i was just not a normal kid so my parents just to be sure they thought like get them tested just make sure that there's nothing too wrong and the uh, results came back with a positive diagnosis for autism. That was when I was three years old that that test came through and my parents found out about that and all of a sudden it's like, like that's such a huge thing that changes what your parents like your plans for your life like you're wondering if you're going to be able to take your parents would wonder like if I was going to be able to take care of myself when I was older if I need someone to be with me at all times if I could really go out in public I know working I know just through research like children with autism they often struggle with loud noises so would I be able to go and support my dad at hockey games would I be able to go out in public really to loud places like a mall to buy clothes would I be able to go to a restaurant where cooks are yelling and getting the orders would I be able to do all that kind of stuff would I be able to like really live and integrate well in society or would I be basically forced to be cared for for the rest of my life so it was really just I know for my parents it was really hard but they had to look, so they all learned about the symptoms they learned like it made sense there was the intense interest in certain topics repetitive tasks over and over like to just keep banging on my butt on the fridge for that oj just not listening when people are talking to them like my doctor whoever i don't actually know the name of the doctor i wish i did i've never really found it out uh I, but i can't imagine he had a like a pen that i can't imagine his pen ran out or had ink after just going through checking box yep yep got that one that one that one that one that one he probably knew like before that she was even halfway done like there's no way it could be anything else and another big thing was like the changes in routine so it was like what would have been best for me honestly in hindsight at least as a kid probably would have been just staying at that in that neighborhood hiking up that stairway to school every single day coming home just same routine same everything just keeping it simple but new job in Toronto got hired to work with the Toronto Marlies so that meant we had to head up north all the way to Canada so 
obviously like my family they can't just say well it's just him we can't like not make money we're gonna have to live basically unemployed just because of jake like no the family's needs they gotta come first so it's gotta go up north and so basically honestly like it was kind of exciting though now we're in 2002 toronto or rather no pardon me 2004 par oh, just years are hard eh once you get kind of a bit older which is kind of weird for me to say i'm only 21 for me to say i'm older when i've lived only possibly a quarter of my life but still i'm much older than i was back then and even then like memories are so shaky but the one thing i knew is back when i was in cary i never had any friends really couldn't make friends but now in toronto ontario in 2004 getting ready to go into grade two a skip grade one just because uh yeah i'm totally so smart not just uh canada likes to group kids of the same age together that's totally not why they had me skip the grade but it was a new chance and a new place maybe i could make some friends here it didn't work out for that first year i was at a public school uh, i was one that once again it was a school like really close to the house like five minute drive just easy you can't really walk to school in canada so much especially when they're like seven and it's even when it's minus five out like no parents aren't going to send you out in your little park and say mush they're gonna my mom drove me to school but she knew like she could see going in coming home like i just wasn't happy and there were some other there was some other stuff she did not like about the school so after that one year she switched us over to a new school it took some time there like what it normally does but i eventually i made these two great friends nick and patrick just two guys they were probably possibly the best friends i've ever had in terms of just the amount of time we spent together and the amount of fun we had together like we did everything together hanging out in school just meeting meeting in the bathrooms just chatting about whatever just like skipping class to go talk uh hanging out in the hanging out playing sports at recess uh gotta stop dropping this pin just got obsessed over it uh just anything like we would just didn't matter what it was like we'd all just be like want to do this yeah and we just go and we just try all this weird stuff and we'd just play video games anything like basically anything like a late or early 2000s kid would do we did it and we just had a ball like they're the best friends in the world it's like there's no way that anything could like split this friendship up right like it's been built up for three years just we're as close as could be best friends forever all that good stuff and then at the end of the grade five not even a month after it's done i'm going back to carolina we got rehired in north carolina with the hurricanes after stint with the maple leafs didn't work out because this was the mid-2000s maple leafs and they were just terrible not even scotty bowman could have coached that team to a 500 record once again we had to leave i had to leave my friends behind but this time i thought or rather for the first time really i guess i was leaving friends behind and i thought we'll still be friends forever right like look at us we're such great friends like we care about each other more than anyone in the history of the world has ever cared about each other so obviously we're going to be friends for life right so we tried like in the first few months back like we called each other every week we talked about like hanging out we would hang out all summer long and once school was out we'd just be together for three straight months all just hanging out even patrick called one day and i said hey you want to come to hawaii with us and he said yeah sure so i told my parents patrick's coming to hawaii with us we actually weren't going to hawaii ourselves so you can imagine my parents like we're a fairly well-off family but unless you're like a billionaire you're not going to be saying to your friends like hey want to come to hawaii i'll pay for it. yeah like we weren't we're not close to that well off so didn't go over very well with my parents that i invited a friend to a trip that wasn't happening i remember my mom just looking at me like you are in like i just remember that look and i was just like oh no i did something wrong but i uh 10 year old me just couldn't figure out like why wouldn't she appreciate this? Like, obviously this would work. I was so like, just when I was talking over it with Patrick, like we were just talking about all the things we would do and we were just fixated. We were just like, I was just so fixated. Like, yeah, this'll work. This'll work. This'll work. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Not even like considering that, Hey, there's like the real world out there. Cause like I'm a, I'm a 10 year old, like no 10 year old 
things about the real world but like even those talks eventually they just they just drift away like Patrick stopped calling or picking up when I called him and Nick and I we hung out for one last time on Fripp Island in South Carolina that was a really fun trip I really wish I could go back there but we just after that we just I don't I think I might have called him one more time but just never heard from him again now I know like Nick I follow him on Instagram but neither of us are really media or social media savvy and Patrick I haven't really been able to find him so he either just doesn't use social media or or he's dead I don't know maybe but it's just I know like it's just rough because those two are probably the best friends I ever had our lives like I don't really blame him for losing contact because like our lives just became too different like we weren't we couldn't talk about like what happened in school today we couldn't talk about our classes we couldn't talk about what was going on with our teams we couldn't talk about what was going on with new games like it was just we were just living different lives and you can't really keep in touch with someone enough to truly make up for that especially when you're like 11 you can't just catch a plane and go say go see them and hang out like that and like i don't know a small part of me like still really misses them today and just wondering if uh i still wonder from time to time if like they ever kind of think back on me as well and just kind of think back on what could have happened between like three like three guys who were like the best of friends like if i had stuck around if we had all just been gone through all the way through to grade eight through high school together like what would have happened would we have still been friends would we have split apart would we have been even better friends than what we were it's just kind of it's another one of those what ifs and you just got to kind of think back on them there's nothing else you can really do except just wonder what if because that's the way life is eh? it just kind of comes at you so once again back this time in raleigh north carolina this would have been in 2008 i was all set to go here once again i had to just eventually just kind of put it behind me just put even nick and patrick no matter how hard it was just put them behind me and focus on getting back into do it again just do it again make two new great friends obviously you can do that but a little bit of a problem here was it was middle school and i'm certain anyone who's listening to this has most likely been through middle school it's just the worst everyone's just starting to get into puberty everyone's just angsty their voices are cracking, and when your cra- voice cracks, you get made fun of. Everyone's just trying to stab each other in the back, move up the social ladder, be the popular, cool one. Everyone's trying to be the trendsetter. So it's just, oh, just a bad time. So I thought I could dodge it. To try and dodge it, I kind of became the class clown. You know, I would put myself out there a bit, chime in with the one-liner, the witty comeback. Don't really, uh, never be the one who answers a question seriously. Answer it as a joke. Get people laughing. Make people like me, no matter what. And that means if you got to attack a kid who no one likes or make fun of the kid that's this scrawny loser or the chunky kid, no matter what, just make fun of him because that's how the popular kids all do it. So you got to do it too. That's how it go. It went for me, unfortunately. I like him. I tried out for sports, even if they weren't sports. I really liked just because kids on the sports teams got lots of friends and kids on the sports team, you made friends through sports and you could maybe even become friends with the kids in the grades above you and that was just whole oh, that was like oh if you had a friend and if you're in grade seven and you were good friends with the kids in grade eight you were the coolest cat on the block everyone wanted to talk to you so just had to do whatever no matter what just be wild out there on the field too you can't just be like sitting on the bench all day like it wasn't quite competitive but you had to be still at least like you had to make yourself get out there be noticeable so take lots of penalties be a violent kid mix it up even if you're a head shorter than pretty much everyone just get in there and just don't be you like i wasn't really trying to survive and try and make friends once again instead of what i was with uh, nick and patrick to adapt to this new environment i couldn't really be me i couldn't enjoy what i liked i couldn't 
be Jake. I had to be just a copy of what everyone else was, just a kid who listened to the popular music at the time, a kid who had the same opinions as everyone else. I just had to be almost like an echo of what other people were, just whatever they would, almost like a robot. Like they would say, put in an opinion, they'd press a play button on me and I'd just echo the same thing right back to them and they so that they'd be happy with me and they'd want to hang out with me because, hey, I'd like the same things as them, obviously, so therefore I have to be someone that wants to hang out with them or I think the same way they do. I think the same thing about the girl with the braces or the guy who hang or is a nerdy math guy like I so obviously let's hang out with him like it wasn't but I wasn't me anymore and I wasn't happy so my life looking back on it has been like nothing but constant change and people like people don't usually like change like if it's not it's something small like oh there's a new menu item at McDonald's no one's gonna be like oh no what am I gonna do with my life but like those big life-changing things like a friend going away or people don't like that but that's all I've ever had to do is just new school new friends new place new everything just new 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 and just for me it's just been awful and i didn't even know like why it was like all i could see i could see my sister quickly getting a new group of girlfriends and going out and hanging out with them on saturday nights at each other's houses i would see my brother hang out with his new friends that he made on day one in school just hanging out with all the kids and talking about the video games they would play together on the weekends or hanging out with each other's houses after school and for me it was just go home after school every day and try and think of a new way to make new friends because obviously it wasn't working right now being me wasn't working so it's got to be some wrongs with me so it's got to be what can I make not me about myself what what about what can I do to make me not be me so that I can make friends so like eventually it did kind of work out I made some friends but none of them were like Nick and Patrick like they're good friends they're people I enjoyed spending time with I still remember some of their names but not really people I cared about but then I was eventually settled in and it was by grade eight I looked like I was going to make it through to high school with a group of friends and then I could just from there work on it and I figured you hear all about like the how high school is like the greatest time of everyone's life when you're in middle school and how you can't wait to get to high school so I was just ready to go how it would be just something great like I would be able to really get to know my friends they'd really get to know the real me but they'd still be my friends and it would be perfect but then my family decided this time they wanted to move up to closer to Michigan because that's where our family was at the time they wanted to uh move to Ohio so not even not for work just head up to Ohio be closer to family they wanted to be so they could my parents could visit their parents they were getting a bit up they're starting to get a bit up there in the years just really start to hang out with them more so once again we were on the move this time though like it wasn't just that we weren't that I wasn't as close to the people there it was just I didn't really care I think it was just why would I stay in contact with them I wasn't going to call them once a week because why bother it was I knew what was going to happen it was just going to be we talk every day we talk every day then every week then every month then not at all and it would just die out within a couple months where it would just be nothing and like I wasn't my sister really wanted to stay like I remember she was crying to my mom just letting her to stay wanting her to let her stay in North Carolina let her go live with her friend Molly let her go live with some of her other friends just let her stay but I was just wondering like I was just like okay goodbye I guess we're doing this script again so I had the stuffed rabbits so I was good to go now back in Dublin Ohio not so it's basically like for Dublin it's basically like if you can picture kind of what Mississauga and Oakville are kind of to Toronto where they're just kind of like little cities that are basically just a part of the big city that's not like what Dublin was to Columbus and I was there all of a sudden I still have my stuffed rabbits and it may seem weird like I was 14 at the time now 
and I still cared about these stuffed rabbits quite a bit, but it's like, they're like the only, they're one of the only things besides like my actual family members. It's been with me throughout my entire life. They're like that one kind of thing where it's like, we always, no matter where I've gone, I've always had my stuffed rabbits and I always keep getting new ones to add into the Warren where they become friends. I get to know their names, give them little personalities and they just kind of help calm you down when you're kind of having a rough day almost. It kind of seems weird, but it's like a, just a little bit of a extra something that kind of can ground you on a rough day. A little thing that reminds you like you've still got something, anything that's like the same in my life so they really help with that like change like people change doesn't na come naturally to normal people like we mentioned i mentioned earlier like people with autism don't really adapt well to change it's just not how we're wired so it was just the only thing apart from really my family or my rabbits that was constant was just nothing being constant just having to constantly lose all my friends have to make new ones and it wasn't really something i was having fun with so i figured i got to go there at the start of high school so I figured, okay, lots of these kids probably don't know everyone from their high school. It was a huge high school I went to in Dublin. Something like crazy, like 2,000 kids there, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I figured, okay, there's got to be some people here. But it's like high school, high school can be a rough time. And so once again, like I was outside any of the social circles, like everyone still kind of had some people they knew. And then people that knew someone you knew would branch out and you'd gradually expand your network. I had, I had none of that. And also, like, I quickly found out, like, the old tricks wouldn't work for middle school. Like class clown roles, they got fulfilled by kids that were quick, way quicker to the punch than me, way funnier than me, way more outgoing than me. So couldn't do that. And then like sports, I did that before. I was on all the teams or, well, there were only three teams really at my middle school. Now there's like a ton. So it's like, oh, I can just join hockey because I play hockey. I love hockey. It's something I've grown up with all my life. It's something that's Actually, I guess I could throw that in there. It's been one of those kind of constant things. Like, I've always had different teams, but I've always at least had, like, hockey, this sport, as something I've kind of liked, like something that's been enjoyable, so I could play that for the high school and really make that work. But in high school, it doesn't matter if you play sports. It matters if you're good. So I played on the JV squad. I was only I was a very small high schooler, so that definitely didn't help, besides the fact that I wasn't very good. So it's just, like, people didn't really care. They're like, oh, JV fodder boo push to the side we want to go hang out with the varsity kids like there were some people like once they found out i was on the jv team like we never talked again never even saw them really they just walk into the hallway they'd look away just don't look don't look at the jv kid don't look at him don't look at the kid with no friends that'll drag you down people wondering why you're his friend and then just don't be don't be friends with the kid with no friends so it's just hard and then the worst part though was when i would go home like one of my best friends, one of my people who mattered the most in my life was gone because dad had to go over to help feed our family and to make money in Ohio, which isn't really a hockey market. There was no NHL team there that was hiring at the time. He had to go over to the Continental Hockey League for Magnitogorsk Metallurge in Russia. Quite the name for a team that ended up dragging my dad halfway across the world. Like, I mean... When you're an NHL hockey coach, you're constantly on the road. So I've been used to, I've been used like all my life. There's been times, stretches of a week, week or two, sometimes even where he's not home. But this time it was just, he was not coming home like a full year at best without him around. He wasn't, he wasn't coming back. And it was just, when that hit kind of, kind of really hit after a couple of weeks where it was just, he's gone. I stopped like caring about anything. Like I didn't want to make friends anymore grades slipped diet went so bad that some of my sister's friends were actually like wondering if i had like an eating disorder where it was just i didn't want to eat so i just didn't really some days are just 
eat little bits of food and I became just kind of a complete outsider eating lunch alone no matter what I didn't even care about hockey anymore it was like it was what sent my dad halfway across the world so like why would I why would I care about something that made me not have a dad around anymore like it got rid of one of the most important people in my life so it just made me hate it and it came through when I played on the hockey team I was on the fourth line didn't like my coach just didn't want to be there was getting shown up by every other kid on the team just awful experience all around I just didn't want to play hockey anymore really and I wouldn't it was no longer about like not even being my like in middle school I tried to pretend I was someone that I wasn't to make friends this time I wasn't even trying to be anyone I was just trying to I was just going to school going through the motions just first period French second period history third period bio just go through it day after day after day after day go home lie down do nothing go to bed same system every day just nothing don't talk to people don't answer questions in class I even like there was a couple debates in English class where I straight up didn't even talk got a zero on the assignments and was fine with it just don't just make your way through just keep going so it was just there was nothing to fix it eventually though I was very worried that it was that he was going to stay in Russia stay there to help support the family just not be home anymore but after getting bounced in the first round because Magnitogorsk Metal Urge don't exactly have the money to always compete with the big teams like Moscow and them in the KHL he thankfully decided not to stick around there so I was able to finally finally at the end of the school year get my dad back and it was just everything changed with that like just having him back just I actually began to like care about myself I gave myself a chance again I got my grades back up a bit just enough to really get back to respectability and make it through or get through with some nice numbers into grade 10 to get some her help me even get into in history get all the way back up to where I was eligible to take AP history get up making a few friends that were kind of more so real friends almost not quite Nick and Patrick level but friends that were friends with me not the me I put forward in school to try and make friends I became I actually became like a little bit more excited about living in Ohio I was began to appreciate it more I began to go out hang out with my cousin when he would come down I began to hang out with my brother more we do stuff actually outside so it was just finally something where I could think like I thought maybe just maybe like this could actually be a place where I could finally stick around but it was still like I still knew that even in this time like I was wondering throughout this whole time especially it was kind of getting more to me now in this first year in grade nine I was wondering like why am I like this like my brother and sister they're not like this their dad's not here but they're still going along just fine they're making friends they're doing fine in school they don't let it affect them so so much they're don't and throughout the rest of our lives they make friends on day one they make real friends they constantly they're constantly in contact with people constantly wanting to go out in public they don't need little things to really knock them or keep them grounded so i was wondering like what's why am i so not right and it was just one day, like, I was just kind of wondering it out loud with my parents, just the three of us outside on our patio. And then my dad just told me, 
you got diagnosed with autism when you were a kid. And whew, that hit like a train. Just, just oh, when you're a 15-year-old and you hear that and you get like that diagnosis and you learn that that's been, you've been like that all your life. Oh, no matter what your parents tell you about how much they love you and stuff, that does not make you feel good. It just was awful. Just people, when I was in middle school, people said like, oh, aut autism is like, you're just, you're brain dead. Like, that's what you are. Like, that's all I'd heard. Like, that's what you, that's what you, that's what that means. That's what that word means. Like, just means like that you are just not good. I remember actually it was in high school. This kid said, basically, he said like, if I were autistic, I'd kill myself. And it was just like, that's, and it was, I remember thinking like, that's me. Like, that can't be me. No way. No way. So I went, like I did what I went to the internet and I began looking it up and I got to like learn about the symptoms. And it was like, I was checking almost like I was a doctor from all those years ago, checking off the checklist myself. Just, yep, that's actually right. That's right. That's, that's me. That's yeah. And it was made me understand like, yep, that's what you got, but or that's autism, but couldn't really like accept it. Like that was on a, so that talk was on a weekend. Uh, oh, that would have been prop. That would have been March, I believe. March, or, late March, early April, start of spring. When it was nice weather outside, where you'd go sit on a patio on a nice sunny, seventy degree Fahrenheit in the states. So that's what I remember it as. Day, and that first day back though, I felt just so fake, like even more fake than I did in middle school. Like no one knew what I was. Like I'm this kid who's just pretending to be normal. Like I just. I'm lying like oh yeah I'm a normal kid like even my relationships like with my friends felt different I didn't believe that like I was really me like I believe I fully believe that like if they knew that I was this if they knew all this stuff they would never be my friends they wouldn't be friends with someone with that they wouldn't be friends with someone who was in their or in some of their minds brain dead like no way no how like looking back on it like I obviously know now I'm based autism on a spectrum like it's not just you're this it's either it's not a yes or no thing it's a most people are perfectly fine. They don't have any symptoms of it. Some people like me, they're further up. They have basically Asperger's syndrome, the most poorly named disease or syndrome rather in the entire world. Seriously, whoever named that, come on, there's got to have been a better scientist to name that after. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, it was just, but that didn't register. Like I didn't care. It was this or that. It was yes or no. So it was, that's what I was. When I was looked in the mirror, like that's all you see, like that word just across the forehead and big bright letters just saying, this is you, this is who you are. And I just couldn't get back, couldn't ignore it. So I thought like maybe just keep doing what you were doing before you knew it. Maybe just keep trying to get to know Ohio a bit more. Keep trying to be, maybe make some more friends, get to know your friends better. Maybe one day you can tell them and they won't immediately abandon you. Like just go for it. But then on a Sunday morning YouTube binge, uh, dad walked in and we were going to Winnipeg after we learned he would have been hired as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. He got the call at three in the morning and then, then made the decision and had to make the decision. Flew up there, got the job, uh, signed the extension pretty early on after leading a team that was moribund into actual playoff contention. So I remember I was in pre, I already knew this at this point, like I'd already kind of accepted that we were moving once again a friend came in told me hey you're moving and it was like thanks i know and we still had like three months of class left at this point but it was just so i was just so done with this like the second i knew we were leaving i was done with the place i really 
kind of dropped down the friend count, had one last party with some of the ones I was really close with, but just never contacted them again. Once again, just, or my sister once again was just trying to convince my mom to stay. Brother was excited to go to Winnipeg so we could watch Jets games live on TV. Me though was just like, again, just done. Wondering like, oh great, so which friend would be the last I forget about this time? Which one would be the one I remember at all and wonder if they still care or thought about me? Which class would I have to reintegrate myself into now that I'm heading up there? Would I be able to use the tricks from middle school again? Most likely not, but maybe one or two. Is there something there that I could do? And as I kind of went back, like in that last three months, I kind of looked back and I was like kind of kicking myself or even believing that Ohio would have worked out, but we got a we were back in the car, 23 plus hours up to Winnipeg, staring out the window though, saying sayonara to another group of friends, and then got up here to Winnipeg in 2014, the summer of 2014. What's the exact day? It was in July. Nice sunny day. It might have been July 14, 2014, 14, 14. And all of a sudden, I was in a weird situation, a situation I had talked about with some of those friends in high school. It was almost like a dreaded scenario, the worst place possible. But now is my reality. An all-boys high school. No more girls, so empty dating pool. High school, the end is in sight now at this point. Just two more years to go, and then I'm off to being a real person. So it's just, just kind of at this point, too, with now move number four, school number five. Sorry, I took a minute to do some counting there. It was just something, or actually, no, rather six. Do you, does preschool count? It, it counts. Six. School number six. It was just something felt even more different. It was just something, and now I really knew exactly what I was. I knew I was autistic, or I, I was on the autism spectrum. I knew what that meant for me, so I was just kind of feeling something weird, something I never felt even on the other move before when I left some my best two two of my best friends ever behind when I left a group of a new group of friends behind that I had thought I would be going to high school with I felt something I didn't really know and then all of a sudden it was a school retreat I got a letter from the principal he writes all the students a letter when you're on the retreat and mine said when you first got here you looked burnt out and it just immediately clicked like I was I was burnt out this change had finally gotten to me and it was just a crash crash message like just a blue the blue screen of death across the inside of my eyeballs just saying air no more trying no more friends like just don't make new friends again don't change yourself again like what's it going to be worth again oh you're going to lose the friends again once you go off to a new school once there's a new city so what's the point well the point ended up being that there were these guys these this all boys school actually everyone was really most for the most part really genuine and they got to know me like real me they got to know and they were still my friends they a lot of them i'm still friends with to this day and they made me they really helped me turn my life around those dudes they uh made me kind of in a weird way they made me feel confident in the way i looked confident in my skin they made me want to go into the gym i've gone up from from when i got here i think it was same height six zero and then uh i think it was 129 real scrawny and now i'm up to 150 151 maybe i want to say i'll get myself that pound but just completely changed, like, tell me, like, that positive reinforcement that true bros can give you. And it was just like, it was almost like the spirit of Nick and Patrick was just in the, with those two, just, or with all those guys from that school. And a lot of them I'm still friends with to this day. Still guys we hang out on the weekends, hang out when we have time after school. And it was just huge for me to get to know these guys. And it was just, the thing was, I'm still friends with them today. It was just like, if I had asked myself, 
back in 2014, 15, 16, if I asked myself, hey, are you still going to be friends with these guys in a year time even? My answer would have overwhelmingly been probably not no. Like there's no way something's going to happen, but nothing happened. Winnipeg became a really special place and I met really special people, but the most special person of all right here at the bottom, Kevin. He's my age. I think he's a little bit actually older than me, born in early 1998, and he is severely autistic i met him as a respite worker i was filling in my sister got the respite work originally then i had to fill in her for a shift for one night and they really liked me so they kept me on also and i worked with him and i saw like it was kind of like the first couple shifts it was kind it was really weird it was like so this is what i was supposed to be like were not for a genetic dice roll that made it so that i wasn't that as far down the spectrum i would be like Kevin, like someone my parents would have to leave someone with me when I go out, when they go out, someone who doesn't really go out too, too much. But then like I started to work with him. Like I could see like little things where like he would move his hands in weird ways below the table, move around, looking at his feet to make sure he's stepping in a right rhythm, making sure when he's playing games, rocking back forth to make sure the movement really registers because you don't know if the controller can do it right. Like, but then like eventually getting to know him, I saw it. We were playing board games. He loves Chinese checkers and Uno. And I began to see a whole new side of Kevin. And it was the side that was merciless, a side that just every game had no mercy for for someone like me who was not as good as board games as Kevin, no matter how much I tried. And I get that like the law of board games is like take no prisoners, but oh my God, he was ruthless. My poor, poor little board guys stood no chance. And I began to see like, I began to see like who he really was like, it was that big thing where it was became instead of a sounds horrible almost but it became he became instead of a what he became a who like it became i began to see like no longer was he just kevin the autistic child or kevin the autist it was kevin the cook kevin the gamer kevin the dog lover kevin the creator almost he created for a school project he did some filming stuff made a idea for a video game all these things that he just did that i just i was blown away by it was amazing how he did them all it was like i saw this is who kevin is this is who he is and I began like if I didn't meet him there probably would have always even when I was with those guys like there was still always that little voice in the back of my head like this is what you are but no it became instead of that I thanks thanks to Kevin I began to see who I am and not just who I began to see in addition to who he is I began to see who I am and it's just he really helped I think he helped me more than I ever helped him like I don't work respite anymore because he doesn't need me he doesn't now when his parents well he doesn't need to be with someone he knows how to cook for himself as mentioned before he knows how to cook a lot better than I do he he knows how to clean it. He knows how to take care of himself. He makes he makes sure he walks his dog around the neighborhood. He knows how to move or Murphy gets him around the neighborhood, plays with him at the house, plays him games, does some schoolwork. He's in a uh, extended school program where he's learning different tips and trades and he's worked some time with Bell MTS at stuff like learning some techie stuff because that's all up his alley stuff I could never even dream of doing he's doing all that stuff and there's even thoughts like one day of him moving out and living not perhaps by himself but almost like a rather in an apartment with someone else kind of a roommate scenario and rather than st still with his parents so it's just like he doesn't he doesn't need me anymore and I don't think though he'll ever I don't know if he'll ever know I haven't seen him and oh what's it now right now as of recording this it's march 2020 
oh my god i'm old march 2020 and i think it would have been it's been at least almost a year now since i've seen him but i think he's probably as i said earlier he's done more for me than i'll ever have been able to do for him so he made me realize that like just because you have something that someone says that or like a dis or a mental health diagnosis or a physical disability or something or something that someone you might perceive as wrong about you or something that someone else would perceive as wrong about you like that little label isn't who you are who you are is what your values are to you what you enjoy who you hang out with or not maybe, maybe not so much that last one but even, no no that last one who like who you choose to associate with what you associate with them over what bring what bonds you with other people what connects you to the world what makes you what your voice is like who you like those values especially those core values that really are who you are like what your personality is who what kind of a who you just who you are is so much more to you like that little yeah it's a part of you like being on the autism spectrum is always going to be a part of me it's been a part of me since the moment i was born but it's that's it's just that it's a small part of me it's not who i am so i think with that that is the most important lesson I have ever learned apart from of course the window seat because it will always be the best spot to sit so thank you if you've stuck to this long i don't know if you've read perhaps or read the whole thing or if you just listened to me talking about the piece if you have read it thank you very much if you haven't well now i've spoiled it for you so that's kind of i don't want to say it defeats purpose because there's still a lot of good stuff in here at least i think so but come on can't just just listen to me although i do appreciate you complimenting my voice perhaps just by listening to it so thank you though for either way stick around this long it's been a pleasure hanging out with you i know the rest of my life is all ahead of me and i'm looking forward to it i'm curious to see what's gonna come i've still got a lot of stuff i want to do with the rest of my life i mean if i if i didn't and i was only 21 that would be kind of weird but no i've still got a lot of life left to live and i am very much looking forward to it and i'm hoping you're looking forward to the rest of your life too after this piece but i do would very much enjoy it if a little bit of me stuck with you because i know that if i met you a little bit of you would still stick with me so thank you for reading hit the road jake and now how's about you hit the road and perhaps maybe one day we'll meet and we can find out and i can find out just who you are